Welcome back to B-Hall Army Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Brian Rowan. I have Ty Reedy here with me. Hey, everybody. And today we welcome on uh, 2016 graduate, Brian Harvey. He's a three-time NCAA qualifier, EIWA finalist. He beat Jaden Bernstein about 65 times in his college career. Indiana State champ and also has an extraordinary first name. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, I like listening to this stuff. Yeah, glad to have you on. For all the listeners out there, I, I screwed up the uh, initial intro and called him an NCAA finalist, not an EIWA finalist, so we had to do that over again. I had to we're, we're pushing past it. We're gonna we're gonna have a good show. I can feel it. <laughs> get the get the startles out. Yeah. For all the listeners out there, um, I, we haven't talked about it on the show, but Ty has a wrestling poster behind him. So if you're watching this on Apple uh, Podcasts, sorry, you don't see the visual, but uh, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, every single time we have a guest on here, since Ty's been the host, they're like, that's a sweet poster, but we haven't described it yet. So Ty, tell tell the listeners out there where, uh, about that poster. Real quick, this is a, a Nike. I don't know if you can see the emblem up in the top corner. It's a Nike poster from like the early 90s. My uh, best friend growing up, his older brother was a state champ from my high school and had this, this poster on his door. And I saw it one day, and I'd never been introduced to wrestling. And that's what that's how I found out about wrestling. I asked him, hey, what's going on here? He's like, oh, it's wrestling. That's what I do. You should try it out. And then my, my best friend told me I was too fat and slow to wrestle, and I wouldn't be any good. Um, <laughs> but uh, so obviously I ended up wrestling. And then years later, uh, I think he was packing up for college or something. Uh, but he, he gave me that poster, so I had it framed. I carried it around, I think, on all my ETS moves. It was, it was rolled up in, in some some tube, and I finally, after I got out of the army, had it had it uh, framed up. So, it's in my it's in my it's in my office. That's a cool story. Yeah. Uh, that'll never get old, even as all the all the all the future <laughs> future guests come on. You don't listen to the previous episodes. Yeah. When they ask about it, I enjoy it every time. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're gonna focus on Brian Harvey. So Brian, you know. Before we get into kind of your past and growing up in Indiana, um, let's just hear like what you're up to these days, you know, where you're stationed, um, what's going on? Yeah, I'm currently stationed at Fort Bragg, living in uh, Southern Pines. I'm currently in the PSYOP Alpha course. Uh, I finished up uh, Soft Triple C a couple months ago. I actually finished up the Alpha course for PSYOP and now I'm in language and I'm about a uh, month two in uh, modern standard Arabic and it's been it's been fun uh, and so it's been good uh, being here uh, I actually caught up with some of the wrestlers this uh, past weekend and did a clinic up in uh, Williamsburg Virginia with uh, Logan Everett I know he's been on the podcast and then uh, Tony Rizzoliti uh, 2017 grad and so I'm getting back into getting my wrestling shoes back on it's been a while <laughs> now you're in the so is, is the psyop is that a separate is that separate than the q course is that a uh, so it's just a separate pipeline i guess i should explain to that for people who don't know what psyop is it's psychological operations and it's one of the three tribes within special operations um there's civil affairs um what you know and um you heard alex Dahl with special forces and then there's the other tribe kind of the smallest branch of the army which is uh, psychological operations. And so we, all three tribes are together for the soft Captain Kirk course. And then we split off 
for our own independent um, MOS or alpha course, and then come back together for language. So I have a couple of CA guys and SF guys in my um, Arabic course. How's it going so far in Arabic? Uh, it's, it's been different. It's kind of like, I, I had to go back to like all my old study methods at West Point. Cause like I never, I mean, back to a, I guess a course that I had no understanding in kind of like physics where you go into that course and you don't have any background in it until I was at West Point. So with language, it's been a, a humbling experience and it's <laughs> like, uh, uh, there is no shame kind of, you hear yourself kind of with the audio and your my instructor just has a headache as we're trying to get through this throughout the day. Cause we spend about six hours each day. And, uh, it also is a humbling experience about how much I, how little I know English because he's trying to say all this proper English, like kind of rules with uh, like prepositions and like the accusative tense and stuff like that. And we're trying to remember that as we're going through the course. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, I, I haven't done that since middle school, but uh, our instructor's from Iraq. And so she's just kind of like trying to make it work. Uh, well, she's originally from Iraq. And so uh, she's, she's trying to help us, you know, like age together strong kind of throughout this course. <laughs> well, then to do that, like there's, there's no way <laughs> I could do the language. Like I barely made it through German at school. Like Yeah. And so it's, it's, I mean, it's a neat opportunity because this is my job now is to learn this language. I mean, I don't have other duties, don't have anyone else in charge of me. And so they do a pretty good job of, and it's like the most stability of like nine to four every day for the next, well, for six months. And so you kind of get in the routine. It's just at the end of the day, you kind of just got to walk away from studying because your brain is just absolutely fried. And like, uh, yeah, and like you'll think of words, like look at a garden and think of it, what garden is in Arabic or something like that. And it's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird at the end of the day. So now, what when you come out of that course, Brian? Do you know what level of proficiency are they expecting you to have? Um, so there's there's a special test for just soft, which is the OPI. It's just an oral practical exam, um, which is a one plus level. Um, but the equivalent to that is a one on the DLPT, uh, the Defense Language Proficiency Test. Uh, it's just kind of in our job, we're going to be mostly speaking and uh, the DLPT doesn't uh, have a speaking portion. And so they designed this test just for that. Got it. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, so it's like, it, it's a lot to do in like uh, our instructor, how Arabic is least made or like languages like Chinese. There's a lot of like high level, um, grammar and like uh rules for it where our teachers kind of pressing the easy easy button a little bit saying hey you'll learn this kind of after in your own individual study but i'm just trying to get you um to the level of the test and which is understanding because like uh, if you go out to uh california uh for the what's it called the defense PLI. language pli yeah the same course is 18 months uh, and so it's yeah brian last so, Sorry, B-Row, last question. Sorry to cut you off, Ryan, but um, I think, I think uh, you know, for me, I know it's interesting for me to hear, but so 
after you get done with this course and all that, and since it is the smallest branch of the army, I've never had any interaction. Well, I've had interactions with like psyops, like soldiers, but not like officers or someone of I think that's been through what you're going through. So what what's your job at the end of this whole thing, and what do you what's your task? Okay, so uh, once I graduate, well, knock on wood, finish the language course. Um, I will go into one of my regional aligned battalions. So for me, it will either be CENTCOM or AFRICOM, um, just because Arabic is in one of those, I mean, in both areas. Um, and I'll become a uh, take detachment command, just kind of like SF, and I'll be in charge. They keep changing, and it's also dependent on the mission itself, but they keep changing kind of how many NCOs and how many soldiers are actually in that team. But uh, I'll take that, and then I'll be assigned to some like for a deployment, I'll be assigned to a task force at a planning level. Um, I mean, it's pretty much staff work for me while the enlisted handle most of the actual ground stuff when it comes to psychological operations. Cool, man. That's awesome. yeah, I was kind of wondered, like on deployments, like I never saw a PSYOPs like officer. It was always like, you know, a junior enlisted and a senior, like more senior enlisted, like an E6 or E7 together. Right. They were like in charge of a whole base, you know, so uh, yeah. like you'd be really detached, you know, really like spread out in deployments. And Yeah. Uh, from, from the alpha course, um, from what we know about kind of what our job will be, because it's just changing so much with uh, kind of how the information warfare center and uh, what's going on in the world right now with technology. Um, it's not uncommon for uh, PSYOP officers to have like one, a team or like a, I say team, like one or two people in one country, like it, for example, for Zincom, like in Yemen or in Saudi Arabia or Iraq. And then they're pretty much at the task force level handling the multiple um, missions that are going on within um, to support the task force. Mm -hmm. So most of the time you won't actually see your team except for like virtual, you won't actually see them in person on a deployment. Gotcha. That's really cool. Well, best of luck um, with all that. You know. Yeah. We'll we'll, t we'll tie that in later in the episode as we kind of you know progress through the time. But um, oh. we got we got to take it back to the beginning now. Yeah. Back back yes. to the you know the Indiana roots. Yeah. So take it take us back to Indiana. Um, you know we got we have the young brothers. So the uh, uh, the fire bloodline uh, to West Point uh, out of Indiana. So curious, number one, let's start at the very beginning, how you got introduced to wrestling, how you got into it, and then how you got introduced to, to West Point. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that Paul Young has something to do with this story. <laughs> yeah, he does. And so for people who don't know, I have a younger brother, um, Benjamin, who was, uh, he just recently graduated, not this past year, or 2020. Um, and he was on another, I think the senior class episode of the, on here, but we started wrestling. Um, actually my dad would take us to church. So I was six, my brother was four and he would take us to church and there was Sunday school, but like we maybe just like normal brothers. And I, I know it happened in the young episode where they get in fights. And so my brother and I would always run out of Sunday school and like, it's a big, big, uh, church and. Uh, our teachers would find us fighting just out in the parking lot, just six and four year, uh, four and six. And then uh, the youth minister happened to be the assistant wrestling coach for the high school. 
And so he made the proposition to my dad of like, hey, if they're going to keep coming to church, how about you and we allow them for our Sunday school teachers to deal with us? <laughs> how, about they, how about they join the wrestling team? And so uh, I grew up in a place called New Palestine, Indiana, about 30 minutes southeast of uh, Indianapolis. And so a very rural area. And um, that's where we started uh, our wrestling careers. Um, going through kind of to high school, um, my high school career, I actually went to a private high school inside of Indianapolis called Cathedral High School. And uh, it was a pretty good program. Um, actually, that's how I knew Dan Young was uh, my teammate. Uh, my freshman year, Dan Young's senior year, lost it. When Dan talked about his finals match, kind of go back and forth, that was to my teammate. And so I kind of, I knew Dan that way. Uh, and I knew he was at Culver. And then I remember actually watching Paul Young, um, his state finals match. And then there was always IU versus Penn State or IU versus um, Purdue. And we would go to those wrestling dual mates. So I knew the Youngs kind of throughout high school. Um, so I placed, well, uh, I got sixth, fifth, and fifth. And going to my senior year, I was mainly looking at Purdue University and some other kind of and uh, uh, just kind of background. Both, both my parents went to Purdue. Both my older sisters went to Purdue. Both grandparents on both sides went to Purdue. Uh, and my grandfather actually was a professor on department. And uh, going to this, I mean, my junior year in high school didn't go how I wanted. And so I wasn't really on the national radar. I mean, I thought I should have, I, like I was to take contender, but the tournament didn't work out. Um, and I never had any stellar like Fargo placing or anything like that. But um, uh, going into my senior year, also I kept growing too. Um, so that also made it really hard. I, if, I wrestled 174 in college and I wrestled uh, 103 freshman year, uh, 112 and then 130. And then I wrestled 160 my senior year. And so, uh, yeah, one, the junior year was kind of a, a tough cut. But uh, my, going into my senior year, I did a visit to Purdue, and I, I felt all right about it. But then I didn't know what West Point was until – and I, the, I, I got some letters, but I, I thought it was some D3 school, and I kind of just tossed them. And it wasn't until they sent it to my coach who knew what it was. And then he kind of just hit me in the back of the head saying, like, what are you thinking? Like, do you know what type of opportunity this is? And that's when uh, Young started calling me. I fill up my after. Well, the my coach, high school coach, called my mom, and my mom pretty much insisted that I fill out the questionnaire, and um, I get in contact with the wrestling coaches because I didn't do any of that summer program or anything like that. This was October of my senior year, uh, and it was. It was, and I was about to sign with Purdue in October of my senior year. It was about like, I think that's when the signing day happened. And um, that's when Paul Young and Heskett kind of both called me and we decided to do like an unofficial visit to uh, West Point. And uh, I'm grateful that I did that and I got to see West Point for what it was. And I, like, cause I never truly uh, knew how special it was. Like my mom always talked it up, but I didn't really get it. And I'm glad she kind of pushed me to, um, to try it out. Uh, 
going in, I didn't actually commit till West Point till my junior year, or no, not my junior, I mean, January of my senior year. Um, the reason being is I was thinking, I was under the assumption I was going to go to the prep school. And uh, uh, as we talk about grades and whatnot, I didn't get accepted to the prep school. And uh, make the cut. <laughs> I'm not throwing any shade, but David Farr got accepted to the prep school and he <laughs> did all this master stuff. And uh, I, I didn't. So we, we were on the same recruiting trip and uh, we split past there. But uh, I, I always find that funny. Um, so I, I kind of decommitted to West Point because like, I was under this assumption that I was going to prep school. And also I didn't. I don't, uh, I don't know if I told you, Biro, about my, uh, my interview, my congressman interview didn't go so well because I told them I was going to the prep school and uh, kind of like, I, I don't know why I'm here. And, uh, uh, and, so, and then I found out I didn't get into the prep school and that just caused a bunch of, a bunch of uh, headaches for everybody. Uh, did you have to redo the interview or what, what or find a different? So what, what ended up happening was uh, a kid actually from my high school was one of the congressman selectees and he failed the medical exam and like he got asthma or something like that. So they immediately, I didn't have a slot until like, like it was a little bit scary because it was till like February or March until like I was confirmed that I'd been accepted to West Point on my senior year, like post uh, state tournament. Um, so yeah, don't take everything seriously throughout the process. That's my <laughs> advice to everybody else. Uh, so going into like your state tournaments, like senior year of high school, did you think like, shoot, like if this thing doesn't work out, like did it push you maybe harder, like win a state title? Cause you're like, I, 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 if West Point doesn't work out, like I need to win the state title so I can maybe go to Purdue or somewhere else. Yeah. So it just made me like, cause the thing was, is like, they, like you're going through the, tunnel or what like the announcements for the state tournament i mainly felt like this is going to be really embarrassing if like they announced because they said brian harvey going to west point and everyone's cheering like kind of in the walkout for the state finals and i was like if i don't get actually get in i'm gonna to have to answer to a lot of people like what didn't happen and i have to explain how i was like not thinking this through <laughs> like and that was my main concern um but uh, it, it worked out. I got accepted, and uh, I got accepted to West Point. And uh, going in, I think I arrest. I did actually did uh, some wrestling in the summer. This is also a thing. Maybe not the best choice I did. I wrestled at Junior Duels, um, like the day, the two days before Beast, and I just showed up to Beast, just absolutely tired. Like I flew from Oklahoma straight into Beast. And I was, like, I was, I just, like, people didn't tell me, like, I thought I could do it, but I didn't know what I was getting into. Again, uh, I didn't, I didn't fully grasp what West Point was. Uh, so yeah. it was just an interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of led to some struggle my freshman year, as I think uh, we'll get into. So what, so like, I mean, a lot, I, I'd say most, most cadets coming in like have a good grasp especially like you know in the last 15 years and the internet's been around like you, you you're googling you're looking up like what beast is like 
what was like the thing that really stood out to you the most? Because it seemed like, you know, from Beast, like that was like odd that you were like, what? Um, the first day, like they told me to, I shut my door and they told me to keep it open. I asked them why. And I was like, corrected. <laughs> and uh, that's when I fully grasped it. Like, I, I don't know what's going on type of deal. And like, I had to be taken aside for like marching and uh, like, and they put me in the back, like, even though I'm like somewhat taller, they put me in the back of like the, the parade because they were just, we couldn't teach this guy type of deal. And so, um, and then also telling your B squad leader, like, hey, I came here to wrestle. And I, isn't the great idea. I found out I had, like a heartbreaking story about his grandfather, like wanting him to like go, go here. And like, he's been having this dream and uh yeah and so i didn't get along with my uh beast cadre that much and uh yeah and uh, it, it was really rough uh yeah so i didn't really understand the full the full picture and like yeah i didn't understand the full picture but i learned <laughs> i learned through uh repetition i guess the the, the cover the cover photo of your episode should be like a picture of like you wrestling like first a year and then a picture of you as a new cadet like during beast have them side by side just lost in the <laughs> sauce i mean like i mean i was yeah i was jacked up so yeah. moving, moving forward a little bit you know we we talked about it in the beginning like you, you had a lot of success you know three-time ncaa qualifier but your plebe year you know, you had some struggles. You weren't the starter. You know, you got like, you know, you shared some time, didn't get the, didn't, weren't the guy, AIWAs. You know, talk about just coming in and kind of adjusting to college wrestling a little bit as a plebe um, and that, that kind of uh, transition for you. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the biggest jump from high school to uh, college is just there's no easy partners and like there's no, um, and there's no hiding in the room or like, not not every match is going to be a cakewalk and then uh and so that was a rude awakening of like i thought i was just gonna run i mean be the best and that was a rude awakening very quickly um also i had the idea that i was gonna go 157 my freshman year and as i told you i was still growing and um uh, i don't think i had the right maturity to handle kind of the stress of school and then i also uh cut weight, lost weight terribly. And I actually, I got to get out, give a shout out to Jordan Tom. Cause like he helped me along the way out to do the least amount of work and to actually lose weight. <laughs> like like I, I, I used to run for 45 minutes to lose, like, cause I just, I, I didn't get it. And like, uh, and he, he showed me the way to have to deal with that. Um, and would then you come, would you, do you remember what you weighed going into plebe year like season? Um, I weigh, uh, I know I weighed like 177 or so. Yeah, I was going to say 180 probably, yeah. 177, 180, and like, it was, and it wasn't like strong, once it was like flabby for beasts. <laughs> like, like, MREs, yeah. It was just like, because I'm eating all I want at beasts, but like I'm sweating a ton, but like I'm not getting any strength. It was just gross, and like, and then I had to start slimming down. And uh, it was also, I, I'll talk about later, kind of like the success at West Point. It's like, I didn't understand, like, it's, they want you to ask help, like, with all the tutors. And then also, like, 
as I found out, there's people on my floor of like, I, I realized like, hey, you're going to be my Russian history guy. And like, can we talk through this for like 30 minutes? Because if I do this reading, I'm going to be up till 2 a.m. or something like that. Or like the IT guy or going in for AI. And, uh, and then also um, reaching out to Ryan Tompkins was in my company. And he kind of helped me later in the season. But I never really pulled it together. And then also, uh, I don't know, I got caught up with trying to make the team and always trying to perform. And uh, I just never really was dialed in as I was in uh, um, later years. Like, I never really put it together to my freshman year. Who were you so, sharing uh, time with? What? Who were you battling for a spot with? Do you remember? Yeah, it was uh, – so it was a battle between Chandler Smith uh, and John Belanger and I. And so it was really Chandler Smith and I until the end of the season. And uh, I think Chandler talked about losing weight to 157. And so we were both miserable together. And I remember, like, us as roommates just being the most miserable room type of deal. And, like, we have – yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we're both just i don't know alpha mentalities and but like they put us in the same room and we're losing weight for like a spot that's not guaranteed it was not not a good time and then at the end of the season i mean i never got my weight like i was i'll be honest i didn't after tournaments i would stuff my face with uh, uh what was that pizza joint in highland falls uh shades shades i would get a shades pizza. that would be my uh my uh my treat and uh i i just didn't get the diet together but uh, uh at the end uh, john belager got the spot at 157 but uh i was grateful for at the end of the season they brought me to eiwas and uh although i didn't want to go because i didn't want to see someone else start i mean uh coach young drilled with me kind of the morning of and then i kind of got refocused for the next season and so that kind of that pushed me on um, to and I and then I kind of realized that I'm not going 157 ever again. <laughs> but, uh, now, was that a cool. was that a self realization? So let's get into the yuck yuck year. Um, so you made it made it through plebe year. Was that a self realization, or did Paul or Heskett be like, "You're you're an idiot"? Like, um, I tried to like really focus in the weight room um, in the off season, so they wouldn't get the idea uh, of me going. Uh, uh, 157 and also uh, so they asked us like what weights we want to put in for Fila Juniors because we did that in the off season and I put my weight in as 174 kind of putting my toes in the water and they accepted it and uh, I had success there at Fila Juniors I think I, that year I was uh, around from placing and uh, kind of they should it showed like hey I can be successful and strong at this weight and then I, I, I after my uh Plebe year, I kind of stopped growing, and so it just kind of buffed out. Okay, yeah, I remember what I remember. You must have done uh, nothing but leg work and squats and stuff, because I well, all I remember from you, well, other than you being really good and tough, is your legs were like tree trunks. So whenever Bernstein would try and like shoot a shot, like his fingers would come around, and you, it just he could never finish. You just crush him with your thighs. Like you have big yeah. thighs. That's all I remember. So might be a, re a weird memory, but one of the rare shots Bernstein ever took against. Yeah, him. yeah, the one time he shot in sixty-five matches. Uh, uh, he learned uh, less than that one shot <laughs> ever again. I'm not gonna get into that, but. <laughs>
Yeah, that's like the that's like the best part of these episodes. We just get to trash on Navy the whole time. Wait, we're all we're all in the service now. We're past that type of. <laughs> we're gonna uh, cut, I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so going into my uh, yuck here, I kind of put it together. Um, but I uh, I don't know if you knew this. Like I wasn't the starter for most of the year, actually. Um, Alex Smith and I battled it out, and uh, and Alex Smith. Uh, so like like the grapple at the Garden. Well, he went there. I went to. That's how I, like, I had so many matches. I went to. I forget some PA tournament. Like uh, I think Coach Heskett would call them the Sunuko Opens or something like that. And uh, that's how I got all my matches. Uh, and eventually, Alex didn't continue the season. And I got the uh, the starting role, and because I accumulated so many matches, um, I was able to qualify for NCAA's that season. So I mean, things started to put together, and I just kind of got a full schedule uh, type of deal. So that kind of led success in my yuck year. That was at one seventy four, right? Yeah, one seventy four at one seventy four. Okay. Yeah. Let's so, talk about EIWAs. You know, how, how'd that go? Your your yuck year. <laughs> Uh, my my Yaku EIWAs didn't go as planned, and uh, uh, I bet uh, I don't I don't think I would have had an automatic qualifying uh, that year, but I ended up uh, being in the semis, and the guy who was the number one I think I I'm trying to remember like I wasn't a high seed, but I ended up being the semis, but the number one seed got upsetted by like the eight seed that I beat, and then I just completely did not wrestle that semis i remember feeling like i blew it type of deal so i was one of those at-large bids after the eiwas and uh and i was thankful for and i ended up winning some matches at the ncaa tournament and that's kind of when i things started to come together realizing that hey i can i can win matches here and i can compete that's kind of at the ncaa tournament it's anyone's game like it the record doesn't mean anything and and Heskey was still a coach. Yeah, Heskey was still a coach, and so uh, yeah, I guess I'll talk about that transition. So uh, after my NCAA, NCAA's uh, my junior or no sophomore year, I wrestled at Fila Juniors and actually took second at um, Fila Juniors, and that qualified me for the World Team Trials. Um, that I wrestled now for the wheel one seventy four is like seventy nine kilograms wasn't a world weight so i then had to cut down to 74 kilograms which which is 163 and uh, that the world team trials didn't go well for me i remember uh i think i wrestled a guy named logan massa and like he was known to have a tank and i got up by like nine points like i i got a trapped arm gut turned him and then the weight cut just got to me and then i blew blew that lead and I double dipped from the tournament so that didn't go too well for me but uh, going into my junior year uh, so I'm trying to remember all that happened I actually did an AIAD with uh, Austin Wilding out in California um, and then we came back for Beast One Cadre and that's when I got a call about the, the coaching change um, with uh, uh, Ward, sorry, uh, 
that's when I got a call that Heskett was leaving, but we didn't know the coach. And so, and I was actually at, so I'm out in the field. I think we're doing like the import qualification range. And uh, that's kind of when it all hit me. And like, I debated kind of before beast, whether I wanted to try to get out, but I was like, still like trying to leave West Point or not. And then this happened and I kind of felt like I'm st- I still got to do my, uh, my leadership detail. There's not getting, getting out of that or anything like that. Um, but I remember kind of what helped me s- decide to stay was uh, I talked to Austin Wilding, who was also uh, a beast one cadre. And like, I asked him like, Hey man, are you thinking about leaving? And he was like, absolutely not. Like, this is like, if you ever talk to Wilding, Austin and he's on this podcast, you'll see he had a vision about where his, he ended up being a Navy SEAL and he had a vision of what he wanted to do and kind of being the top elite units. And I was like, all right, maybe he's not the best person to ask. Let me call Russ Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> he was like very motivated and like, he was like, this is my dream. And I was like, from a guy who just kind of stumbled into West Point, I was like, oh, yeah, let me talk to someone else who type of deal. And so uh, I called Russ Parsons and Russ Parsons, you don't know him. He was like a multiple NCAA qualifier and went to Blair Academy and he was one of the top recruits. And I thought if anyone else is thinking about leaving now with the coaching change, it's going to be Russ. And Russ had the exact same thing of like, absolutely not. Like I'm a part of the brotherhood. I'm a part of something um, like bigger than myself type of deal. And I was like, dang, like all these people are really motivated. All right. Maybe I'm a little crazy one. Just, doing um freaking out a little bit but what ended up solidifying kind of why i stayed is my beast one or cadre experience and actually being a squad leader there and having that uh type of leadership and and doing that and that kind of helped me transition and to commit going into my junior year did you uh did you think about it much like during your yuck year or talk to people or was it kind of like you're grinding during the year and focused on the task at hand. And then you just think, uh, again, or like, did you have those it, conversations leading up to that in the during the year? Um, it was after I was the NCAA qualifier and I felt like that was a decent something on my resume that I could talk to coaches with. And then I got second at Fila juniors. And so I thought, Hey, I, I started thinking about, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember if I made contact but like with the Purdue coaches or anything like that, I'm like, I knew you had to go through, but I wanted to make sure I had their information if I decided to. Um, again, I didn't know a, one thing kind of about West Point, it keeps you busy. And so I didn't really have that much time to dwell on it. Um, but I like, there was a thought, I mean, just like at the end of every season, you think about it and like kind of why I wrestle and like why I go through this, but um I decided kind of nothing's going to, I mean, I had the same vision where I want to be on the podium um, and the school doesn't really matter. And I, again, I'll talk about the brother or the Biha, like you're not going to find another team like this kind of out there. And that kind of helped me just realize I'm going to stay here. There was also the thing of like, I didn't mention this kind of why I chose West Point, but uh, I, I, coming from Indiana, there was a lot of people who oh, go to these public universities and kind of, you know, I mean, you'll see it like a lot of great wrestlers and they don't really do anything with their career or they do a season and then realize the fraternity parties or all these parties are distracting and they quit the team. 
And I knew I wasn't going to get that at West Point. You're going to get wrestling in school. And that's what I got. Um, so I, I, I just realized like, this is the place I want to be. And I don't think, uh, and I started realizing all the tools that West Point had. Um, and I, I could, I, I felt like I could make, uh, West Point work. Yeah. I actually remember my, uh, first phone call with Kevin Ward or coach Ward. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I talked about, like, I only had, like, I didn't know who he was. And I just watched the video of him wrestling, like, he, I, him wrestling some Minnesota guy and like I think he it was one of the tough Minnesota wrestlers and he lost the match and like that was my first interaction of like hey I saw you wrestle this match and he's like oh of course you saw the match I lost type of deal and I was like I'm sorry that's this that's all I know about I know about you <laughs> but uh what do you, yeah. do you remember like the conversation like how do you how do you what do you remember anything about it other than but, but Coach Ward yeah yeah, I mean, he kind of talked about um, he came from a caliber of a program and where I, I knew Oklahoma State was very technical. And um, a lot of – and I felt like I saw what – what was it? Little Rock or uh, – uh, uh, Wachita Baptist. Wachita. Sorry, not Little Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and, like, I saw the success and, like, how he – kind of built that success and um, I knew Oklahoma State was very technical and I felt like that's what our program needed um, and kind of I wanted someone to come in and like not have excuses of like West Point is so hard let's just be really tough not saying that happened before but that's kind of how the mindset was like hey we'll be tougher than other people while he brought the whole tech technique into it and then uh, I mean I still had coach young and I was very comfortable with him. And um, throughout my time at West Point, I think after my sophomore year, I stopped wrestling with him because I got a little too big. <laughs> but uh, I still had him in my corner to coach. So I felt comfortable with the change. And, like, he called me and kind of talked me through it and saying, like, hey, the goals don't change. And that kind of let me uh, – I think it was with him of, like, take ownership with Coach Young and – Coach Ward eventually it was like take ownership of your career and uh, I I think I mean well in the end it, you own it type of deal it doesn't really matter the coach like you're going to put in the effort yes the coach helps but it's really how you just approach practice and things like that very cool what's up what's up Miro? where are we at um... yeah Sorry, I think I, 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 I just talked through some of the questions. I no, no, I, I didn't get to answer. I didn't get to ask my question because you were like, well, we're already talking about this, so I'm just going to breeze right into it. No, yeah. This, this is, no, it was, uh, no, I, I think, you know, we've heard a lot of different perspectives on, you know, Coach Ward coming in. It's interesting to kind of hear from everybody, you know, what the impression was like and how everybody takes that individually. Like when you said, uh, and this is not related to Coach Ward, but when you said about, you know, your personality. And like, if I went to this school, if I went to Purdue, you know, I, I worry that I'd get caught up in like the fraternity and drinking and like only wrestle like a year or two. Um, right. That was one thing that I always thought about. And then when I talked to other, like, you know, potential recruits or think people interested about West Point, like I think about just those distractions that you don't have at West Point. I wonder if it's like, you know, you know, if you were to, if you were to take personality tests or whatever, before you go to go to college, 
make those decisions based on those things. It makes me think about that dynamic a little bit more. This yeah. is a little bit of a tangent from army wrestling, but no, no. that it made me think like how much of an advantage you are at West Point because of that of that factor. Yeah. Now, I'll speak to this kind of freshman and sophomore year are going to be tougher at West Point because you see all your friends at your state schools doing all these activities. But then come your junior year and senior year, you're moving on, looking for the future, and they're still doing the same stuff. So it's like you feel like you've grown a lot more. Not to compare them and, like, it's just different, but, like, you feel like you've grown a lot more um, as a person. I mean, that's kind of what the whole – West Point's about is to make you grow as a person. No doubt. So what what were your first impressions of? I know I'm kind of going off script here, B Row. Oh, good. Yeah. So so you so you get through that summer, you decide to commit, going into Cal year, new head coach. Um, so talk about the dynamic, the different, like how the room feel versus from from previous to to Kevin. What what was his approach and how do you how do you feel about that? Uh, he. I mean, I, I think I spoke to it before where he didn't give us kind of like no slack really when it came to our duties outside of West Point. And then I, I know Logan talked about this, but like I never got like, uh, well, I understand now like kind of the Army-Navy rivalry, but that ticked me off too seeing that uh, clock where being an NCAA All-American, being an NCAA champion is our goal. Like this is just a stepping stone type of deal. And that came down. And then he changed up kind of the room and like he, it, it got, uh, I would say the room was a little rustic, I guess, before he came. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he, he made some changes and uh, he got really technical and with us. And uh, I, I, again, he changed the preseason like completely where we wrestled a whole lot more. And it was like, this is exactly what we needed. Uh, and then, he also brought, I, I forget, I don't know if it was my junior or senior year, he brought on uh, Coach Chianuma. And, like, that was a big thing for me as a wrestling partner and as a coach, too, because he was also my size and just having someone to work with him. Um, and then he, Ward also pushed, like, going to Doc Z, going to these tutors and going to, like, getting your diet in order, getting your sleep. And, like, I mean, Coach Heska did that, too, but it was, like, a lot more focused. And a lot more, um, uh, I guess, promoted in to like for our routine type of deal. And then uh, uh, I guess he pushed a little more of just like, hey, we're at wrestling practice. Like we're at wrestling practice. Like don't think about all the outside distractions, like all the finals and or Bay finals or T's or whatever. I forget WPRs. I'm trying to remember them all or the Sammy's like when you're at practice, this is your time to train. Don't think you can't control anything else. And that kind of um, internalized with me. Very cool. Yeah. All right, B-Row, what, what, what else? So kind of, so moving into your senior year and you said, so when you start, you said one thing earlier, you started wrestling when you were six and your brother was four, but you yeah. guys had more of a gap. Like, cause you were yeah. A senior at West Point when he was at prep school. So did he, yeah. uh, did he get yeah. so, held back? Yeah. So my birthday was in February. Uh, so I was like uh, young for my grade. And then Ben ended up getting held back a year. I'm, I'm making sure the math makes sense. He ended up getting held, not held back, 
but just like started school later. So he was yeah. older in his class. To, uh, and then he went to the prep school and then I went straight in. I think that explains the gap type of deal. Cause I was a fresh, I was a senior in high school when he was a freshman. Yeah. So that, that explains it's cause then he went to the prep school. And so uh, that kind of explains the, the gap. So uh, we haven't done an episode with just your brother yet, but um, right. talk about that a little bit of like, you know, you being there um, as a senior, him being at the prep school, how much interaction did you have? Like, did that affect your, you know, first year, like from a wrestling perspective or personal perspective, just having him close? Um, uh, talk to that a yeah, little bit. it was nice. And I could keep, um, keep an eye on him, but I mean, I was still driven and like wrestling takes up a lot of your time. I would see him cause like, uh, uh, I guess a little, the little trick of the trade is I, it's, you know, you have to walk all the way up in the parking lot uh, for your car. And it was like a 25 minute walk. I kept my car with my brother. And so like, cause they could park directly at the prep school. <laughs> uh, and so like he had access to my car, but anytime I needed my car, he would drive it down to me and I would drive it back up. So I didn't have to do that walk. And then, uh, so I, I saw him a, a decent amount kind of with that, like on the weekend of like, Hey, I need my car. I want to go, um, I don't know, go out or, or something like that. Or if we want to get dinner. And then I saw him during the club practices. I didn't like my brother and I weren't really, even though he was a 74 pounder, I didn't really drill with my brother. Cause, uh, I think the Tom, I mean, in the Tom episode, they say like it could get heated. And, um, uh, if you see our, uh, two, wrestling styles my brother's very i don't know uh very loosey-goosey kind of he does that hip thing or stuff like that <laughs> and uh like that uh the the boot the butt scoop or whatever <laughs> whatever that's called that and if i got hit with that on him i i think i just straight out almost like tried to punch his face like that would be like like just <laughs> yeah, i got heated and like you know the big brother mentality like a couple times I would wrestle with him, but I didn't really, I mean, also I was like a mature 174 pounder. He was still growing and like, I didn't want to just muscle him. So I did deal. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't wrestle with him too much. Um, and like, even as the athletic intern, I tried to, I'll only be like, give him tough goes. Like, uh, um, how did he, how did he get to the prep school? Didn't he end up having like a four point, so, nine or something crazy. I want to give some trick of the trades, but uh, uh, I told him how I didn't get into the prep school, and so there might have been some early work to uh, ensure that he got into the prep school. Was that, and, was that designed uh, so that, like, because you're this, like, he already knew it because. Me, What? Can you hear us? That uh, that oh, last part cut out a little bit. What was that last part you said, Brian? It's cutting out. Uh, tricks of the trade, but yeah, okay. uh, Ben knew ahead of time that he wanted. I recommended. Can you oh, hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? All right, Brian. What, Brian? What tier two hotel are you staying at right now? Dude, I'm, a, I'm in a courtyard Marriott. I'm, I, I should be good right now. It was weird. It cut out and then it came back in. Uh, I'm, I'm in 
North Carolina, it could be this, I'm not putting down spectrum, but, uh, I mean, I survived six hours of class a day. Uh, so on my iPad and no, it definitely on my end, I, I should have got the premium, uh, internet package. I'll, I'll, I, I expect a negative COR from Ty after this. So um, yeah, I'll learn. Anyway, so Brian, you told him, yeah, what, what, what exactly was it like? Don't take chemistry classes or something. Uh, it was just Ben. So Ben knew ahead of time, and like we knew how to apply. Again, we he didn't. He took my advice and didn't do what I did. Kind of like not knowing what West Point was, and uh, I kind of recommended for him to go to the prep school because I think that would have helped with my own maturity. Um, and so he kind of we knew ahead that he wanted to go there. Uh, now, and so. I'm not saying like where I, maybe like I retook SAT school, like test, like, so I could get a scholarship at Purdue or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is good for TV or for a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, ben took one, I believe Ben took one SAT and was, this is good enough for the prep school. Yeah, no, that's smart, man. I, I wish I would have gone to the prep school hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. there's a, there's an opportunity cost. And so, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so okay, let's let's get through your your Cal year. So, how did that end up? How um, did you perform through the your Cal year? So you yeah, owned the yeah. weight, right? Like, yeah, you I felt the weight. Yeah, I felt comfortable and going to the NCAA tournament. I felt really good. Um, I I think I only ended up winning one match at the NCAA tournament. While I won like two matches the year before. Uh, but I I mean I think I came in as a I wrestled a guy named Logan Sturley in the first round. Um, he, I think it was the sixth seed and went, went down to the wire. And then I won my next match, I think, pretty easily. Um, I forget the match after that. But, I mean, I felt a large – although I didn't win more matches in the NCAA tournament. Uh, oh, oh, that just brought back uh, – I remember the EIWA tournament. Oh, that, like, that's when I I got I went on a double and choked myself out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that, and probably because I choked my. It was like I was on a double and like it was just a weird position, and I was like scooting to get it, and uh, I passed out. So I didn't end up getting a automatic bid again, but like I, I was allocated a bid like for the conference, so I was easily at large bid. Uh, I completely forgot about it. There's some matches that I don't look up on flow wrestling, and that's one of them. <laughs> and um, it's that one. And I think the next match immediately after it was like a 45-minute match with uh, a guy from Cornell that I ended up losing. And, like, it was like blood. It was just a, one of the long, longest matches. I, I have not looked at those videos uh, since then. <laughs> uh, but going into the NCAA tournament, like I felt like things were coming together, and I felt pretty confident going in, into uh, my senior year that this was gonna this was gonna be my year to be an All American. Um, yeah, so I didn't do any I'm trying to think of like junior to senior year. I, I did CTLT, and uh, I I talked. I mean, I was gonna mention this later, but if you have a good as an attack. If you have a good conversation, you can kind of help out where you go. And I was able to get a CTLT out in Fort Carson where the WCAP guys are. And so I kind of, uh, I was with the field artillery unit for like a week. And then I convinced my, uh, my commander saying, Hey, can I 
hang out with John Anderson and train with the WCAP guys. And I had an exposure to that. Uh, and then I think we did a pie ad and then going into senior year. Yep. Should I, should I talk through uh, senior year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, um, I mean, nothing. You in, nothing. And you come into your senior year and now you're like a two time NCAA qualifier. Right. You know, you're, you know, Kevin's been there a year and some people have talked to him, you know, past, you know, first year was a little rough with Kevin being there. He didn't know West Point that well. And like, from what I heard is like pushed you guys really hard. You know, the, the second year you kind of like settled in, understood some things a little bit more. Um, you know, how, how did that change maybe your focus, you know, coming into your first year as, you know, a leader in the program, returning two-time qualifier, you know, and then kind of, you know, being that leader uh, on the team. Yeah. And so um, going into the senior year, um, I was actually not picked a, a captain of my team. And I kind of talked it over. Um, Javier Rodriguez and Tyler McLeese were the captains in our class. And uh, I talked it over with uh, Coach Ward and kind of the focus was to be an All-American. And uh, once I kind of internalized that, uh, all right, I'm not going to be as vocal as a leader on the team, but like I'll kind of show through my actions because like, I mean, working hard in the weight room, working hard in the classroom. And I, I kind of, I, everything kind of came together uh, my senior year in the sense of like really going with Doc Z, going in with tutors. Um, classes were a little bit easier than my junior year and sophomore year. Um, it was like, I got my schedule pretty down and like doing um, individual sessions during the day, doing a lot more recovery um, with uh, our trainer at the time and doing ice baths and things like that, getting my body ready for the season. Uh, it was, I mean, it, it felt pretty good going into the season and I felt, I felt strong. I felt great. I felt, felt big. Um, uh, felt, I felt good. And like, uh, going in the season, I had a lot more success in, uh, the previous seasons I maybe didn't as played. I don't know if I placed at all in these tournaments, like the clip King or the Southern scuffle or, uh, all these other tournaments. I didn't place that high, but starting my senior year, I'm starting to place at these tournaments where there's all Americans. And, um, throughout the season, I, I, I know I, I beat the guy from Penn and I, I beat a couple guys that were like on the verge of being an all American that season. And so I felt pretty confident going into my EIWA tournament and then going into my, uh, going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, I wrestled Brian Riopito about 20 times that season too. And so like just as much as I wrestled Jaden Bernstein, I wrestled Brian Riopito and that was always kind of a, where I am. Cause he was a NCAA, uh, runner up of like kind of where I am into making uh, a run at the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That, it, rewinding back a little bit to um, when you talked about like deciding not to be a team captain and that I never really thought through that process before. Like, I guess you're, you're like, you're in a position and you just, you're, you become the team captain. I feel like there's not like discussions about it. I feel like that's really interesting that like you step back and you thought through that, like what is best you know, what is best for me, what's best for these other individuals, and also what's best for the team. I feel like you, you yeah. can dive a little bit more into that because if it, it really interests my psyche, yeah. in, like thinking through uh, that process. Yeah, so 
I will say there was a discussion kind of after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to kind of, it's just kind of, um, he, he named the captains without kind of um, talking to us. But after, I mean, I didn't really say like I, that this is something that I wanted. And then I will also say I wasn't the best like as I as good as I was with academics and good as I was with wrestling, I wasn't the best military esque when it came to uh, marching. Uh, obviously, what marching? Mar- uh, marching or just kind of uh, being there. I don't say I was the typical core squatter, like, but I evaded being around the company area a lot of time for a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I think I was like, first, a little bit. hey, we know we know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think I was like put as the first respect officer. And like there, there wasn't a respect officer. There was only like a respect and CEO or something like that. But they just gave that position to me and another football guy as like this is what we'll give you for your. Hey, hey, hey trunk, trunk room officer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like I, the, the highest position I ever had. Yeah, yeah, but um. And so, I mean, I think they thought critically and in hindsight, I was glad I didn't take some of that role because I had no interest in correcting people's haircuts. I mean, it was like, it would be the pot calling the kettle black kind of deal if, uh, if I corrected people on their shoes or ironing or like uh, really being cut through, cutthroat for this. I'm, I'm not saying I was late to anything or stuff like that, but I was always right on time kind of deal. Uh, and I've kind of reverted to being 15 minutes early as evident for this <laughs> for this call because the military has forced that into me. Yeah, for all the listeners out there that um, they don't know, uh, we, we pretty much hop on whenever we say we're going to do this at like 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Central. Um, you know, me and Ty will hop on like, you know, right then. Um, and every other listener before this, I feel like has, has done that too. Uh, Brian hops on 15 minutes earlier today and, and texts us. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm on. We're like, whoa, this is uh, – I didn't realize that you weren't like that at West Point. I figured that's not like – you know, because my impression of you is like, hey, he's got like a 4.6 GPA, extremely buttoned up. Now I find out, you know, you grew your hair out, you know, no, no, no military bearing, you know, West Point. Now you just – you come full circle. Yeah, I know. It's uh, – well, I think it's just kind of after some conversations with – uh with some people <laughs> starting off as my young lt days i was kind of set set expectations you know and uh ha- having my uh, the old uh uh major kind of being on the call i thought he was going to be uh early as well but i realized he's a billion life yeah yeah man yeah we i can't tell you how much time i've wasted as a civilian being early to meetings it just yeah it doesn't happen <laughs> um well good man all right so so senior year you're feeling good you're feeling feeling great so going to eiwas i think you, you were starting to tell us like you're going to these tournaments oh, yeah. place in high yeah Real i got Buto, Real Buto was like your marker yeah I, I i made the finals of the eiwas um and i wrestled brian Riobodo again in the finals and it, it was a lot, a lot more competitive uh, match than what it was prior like as the season like there were ebbs and flows that like I think one time in the 
season I got teched by him because I just had a complete meltdown. But going to this match, I think he won like by three or four points. I don't know. But like I had a couple takedowns on him. And I mean, he's just a real scrappy guy. And so I, I felt pretty confident in like going into my tournament of like, cause he came in as the number two seed into the NCAAs and um, I felt really good. And I, I was seated for the first time um, at the NCAA tournament. I felt good. Um, the one good thing about like some people look at it as the negative of having uh, spring break during the NCAA time, but I'm thankful for it because I had a week fully to get West point out of my system and to really focus on the NCAA tournament. And it was in New York, so there wasn't a lot of traveling with that. And I felt really good. Um, my, I won my first match um, pretty handily. And I go into my second match. Uh, I, the guy ended up being an All-American. I just remember, like, uh, I think I got, I got, uh, he got, he reversed. I was winning uh, going into the last 30 seconds and he re reversed me. And uh, I just didn't get away. And I, I felt, and I mean, I still kick myself for this today. Like uh, he, he didn't feel crazy better than me or anything like that. I just didn't get it done. And uh, he ended up making it to the semifinals and being an All-American. Um, and then going in the back end, I won another match. And I made it to the round of 16 and uh, just lost to, I think I, he was the three seed and ended up playing scene third or fourth or something like that. Uh, like the ultimate road warrior. But uh yeah, he beat me and I kind of, I mean, but I, I felt good about how I competed and uh, I mean, I felt competitive. Um, I mean, I lost, I beat some of the All-Americans that season during the season. I mean, some of the All-Americans at the tournament during the season. So I knew I was right there. I just didn't get it done. Um, it was frustrating, but uh, uh, kind of moving forward from that, like, uh, and they kind of, <laughs> then everything settled about, all right, now it's time to be a lieutenant. And I actually got started. I didn't, maybe not wise, I didn't do any, like, get my knees checked out or anything like that until after season. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but, like, immediately after the NSA tournament, they were supposed to do, like, a scope on my right knee. And then they found out I had, a, like, a torn ACL in my left knee. And I was like, that, explain, that explains a lot. Like, type of two. <laughs> And so uh, I, I immediately had to go into surgery. So I was able to walk for graduate graduation. And that kind of shifted my focus from trying to look at uh, wrestling after college. Yeah, like, you're, 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 way, you're way ahead of your time. Like, uh, what was it? Hey, Lee, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I found out that that's like common. But it was just like after like after like uh, I remember our trainer was like Mary. She kind of was like she's she was opening the results because like they wanted to get my left knee just to have the, an idea of what a normal knee looked like for me. Cause my knees just looked messed up. And that's when she was opening up the results and kind of just like looked at me and stared. And I was like, what's going on type of deal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then it got to like, Oh, I gotta get the surgery now. Cause like, um, uh, I, I, I have to walk for graduation <laughs> And there's time for that. And I had to then get a medical waiver so I would commission and uh, all that. So it was a quick turnaround. Brian, I don't know if you you don't remember this at all. So I was at NCAAs your first year. Yeah. So the no, guy, so, I was there. You were there two times? Yeah. I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I remember being. I just. Remember, I think the first. I think the first night I was working. I was my just after I left the military after the army. But I was working in Manhattan. I came for one of the night. I think it was the first or second night I was there. Yeah, I remember Tommy had that like little social thing the first yeah. night of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't come down till the next day, but so the guy is. I remember you won your first match, and then Real Budo lost in the opening right. round to the guy that you had in the second round. I remember being so pumped, being like, "Oh my God, he's gonna walk," you know, to the you know, to the quarterfinals here, and then he's like, he's got you know, like a seven seed, like. Right, and then he blew it in that second round match. And I was <laughs> so mad. Thanks, thanks. It's just all about the humble experiences. Where yeah. is that kid from? You remember What's the kid from Iowa State? And so I knew him, and like Weatherspoon or something. Yeah, Weatherspoon. And so like I actually knew him from. He competed out in some of the freestyle trials, and like, um, like I knew he was, and like he, I think he won the Big Twelve like championship the week prior, but like he had some injuries during the season. So I knew he was tough. Uh, and, but I mean, I felt confident. <laughs> I just didn't get it done. I guess blowing it might be a, a <laughs> choice of words, but uh, you know, it's, I, I can't do anything now. <laughs> I mean, B-Row's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. I mean, I, I had, I had the path. Well, I think, I think Russ Parsons had a, like a good path too. And, like he lost. I just remember that round being so mad. You guys, yeah, you, got, you, guys had, you guys, that was a. Yeah, I mean, like I think I just I didn't get a takedown on him too, and again, all I had to do was get an escape, and then I, and then he won by like one. Yeah, it was just it was rough. Not not to bring back harsh memories. We like went past. Oh, no, it's all good. I, mean, I gotta I gotta bring this up. <laughs> up like getting choked out real do losses let's just let's, <laughs> let's get it on <laughs> getting surgeries yeah. well so um we appreciate you you know sharing all that man and then yeah. so, so you make it through the surgery you get you obviously walk your graduation then then so talk talk post-graduation what's your path till now yeah so um i was going to be an athletic intern and um uh, Miro, I don't know if you knew this, but this that was the first year that they're going to bring um, Will Simpson and the captain to be a coach at the prep school. And so instead of being the prep, I was a fill-in prep school coach until he arrived. And like I could still, like at that point in the season around August or so, I could I could wrestle. Like I just made sure I didn't try to do any funk rolls or stuff like that. Uh, but I actually transitioned to be uh, a coach or I think they call it athletic intern at West Point. And uh, I just stayed with the main team. And I was, I was grateful for that because I was able to be there with my brother and kind of also like uh, immediately following uh, getting out of wrestling. I was like focused on getting my brother ready, trying to talk to all the freshmen and get all the old math WPRs and stuff like that. So he will uh, not have the struggle that I did. Now I forgot that he went to the prep school and he's got a, if you, talked to my brother he's pretty social and a pretty likable person and so like he had all his friends and all all the prep school hookups so I didn't have to worry about that um but it, it was an interesting role uh to be there and then also again I, I talked through kind of how I didn't really understand West Point um going in and now I was I wasn't recruiting but I was giving tours like I I was the main uh pick people up from the airport 
and drive them to West Point. So I, I made many uses of uh, my podcast going to JFK <laughs> and uh, going to LaGuardia and uh, Newark. Yeah. And uh, I kind of had this, it, it got a little scripted towards the end, but like, uh, like I, I would see like someone kind of like a Brian Harvey of like, this kid doesn't understand what West Point is. And so I'm going to try to fill in the gaps just a little bit as, uh, as much as possible. And then like, uh, funny enough, I'm talking, talk about knowledge and stuff like that. I started like regurgitating knowledge of giving West Point tours and like talking about what's wrong with the statues <laughs> and how many lights and columns. And so it, it was a pretty cool experience. I guess a little side note, uh, what was really fun was that's right when Pokemon Go started too. And so uh, a couple of times I would take breaks and uh, battle at Trophy Point uh, <laughs> at the gym there. Uh, I know that's just random, random fact, but I just thought about some, sometimes when I wanted to take a lunch break, I'll, I'll hit the Trophy Point and battle it out. And then I found out that the app was secretly mapping everything. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what did you what did you branch uh, and where where did you propose? Uh, yeah, and so I, I branched parts. I, I didn't have you didn't uh, listen to Major Reedy, but I didn't, yeah. didn't listen to Major Reedy. I, I think I told you. I don't know if you remember this. I told you why I choose I chose field artillery, and once I told you, you kind of just looked at me and just said, "It's not worth uh, like yeah. trying to." Continue. I just yeah. I, uh, I don't remember it, so re I, I remember my reaction, but I don't remember the exact words. So I, I had a decent GPA, but kind yeah. of military bearing brought it down. So I think I was around uh, like the 390s or 400s, but I didn't know kind of when I was post because I like there's always a rumor that like all the AIs will have to post with the rest of their class. And I was kind of indifferent about where I wanted to go. And so my logic was if I go field artillery, not putting down field artillery, but usually the best and the brightest aren't selected top. And like uh, uh, of the pure field artillery officers, I was like the number two officer in that class. And so <laughs> when, I, when you asked me why I chose it, I said I wanted to go to Germany. And then you just look, and but I didn't want to add so. And then you just stared at me and just walked off. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting Germany, and uh, I I supported the second cavalry. Uh, so I went to FA Bullock after I was an AI. Then I went to Germany, and then immediately going to Germany, they sent me back to go to the Ranger School. Um, did that, came back to Germany, <laughs> um, and spent the next uh, two years there in the second cavalry regiment doing striker stuff and like it, it was a really cool experience I, I know david Parr mentioned some of our because he ended up going to uh, edinburgh or edinburgh uh, for the university so like i did multiple trips out there and uh, visited him on my four days and then uh who else russ parsons got to italy and so there's a couple trips with him of us going to like croatia and like there's always a rotating unit. And so I think we saw uh, Brian Tompkins out in Prague, like type of deal. And so it was a really cool experience. And like uh, I got to travel a whole lot um, when I was there. Um, towards the end of my uh, around 2019, that's like the decision matrix of where I wanted to do in my, whether I wanted to get out, stay in, 
uh, continue in field artillery or uh, DTIP out. And uh, that's when I heard about psychological operations. Again, it's a small branch and didn't really know what it was. But uh, I looked at that and it seemed kind of aligned with, I was an econ major, so a little bit of uh, psychology and just uh, behavioral um, studying the human behavior kind of was in my general interest outside of the army. So it kind of aligned to that. And uh, I decided I wanted to uh, stay in and get three more years. Uh, and I knew uh, PSYOPs is only, or PSYOP is only located at Fort Bragg. And so that kind of helped my decision because uh, uh, my whole family, I know I'm from Indiana, but my, my whole family moved to Southern Pines right now. So it's kind of like uh, everybody loves Raymond, like just stopping by the house, like unannounced and things like that. I go from like three years not seeing them in Germany to hanging out with them a lot. And it's pretty good. Ben's, ben is the only one um, not here with us right now. He's out doing some training at Ranger School. Yeah, we'll, we'll have him on the show here, hopefully in about uh, less. He's uh, I, I took down the calendar of what day he is, but I think he's about to start mountain patrols. Um, we're really hoping that he stays and goes forward because he'll end up being in a uh, Hunter Woods company in uh, in Florida if he doesn't uh, recycle. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, what like, is he? Branch infantry. Uh, who Ben? Yeah. Uh, Ben Brandt's artillery as well. <laughs> uh, so like he kind of, I mean, he talked, he talked about kind of why I chose and he, he did something similar, but like, uh, when West Point, everyone who's infantry is very, very motivated. And for, uh, and it's kind of, I mean, you see the energy when people talk about him, uh, uh, infantry and I and then I tell you what they're going to do and if you don't have that like right at the very beginning it's kind of like you know what I'm going to try something else <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm grateful that I did it and I think it was a you know, field artillery yeah, was a good sure. fit for me yeah. and so I think he did something similar so like he actually went from Fort Sill he was an AI as well at the prep school and then went to Fort Sill and then went from Sill straight to Ranger School so good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've got your uh, your five year reunion coming up. Are yeah. you, coming? you told me you told me I think we were texting about you're not gonna go. How do we get you to go? Uh I I didn't real realize it was September eleventh weekend. Uh, uh uh we'll see. Like I I'll have, I'll have to talk to my instructors, but like uh uh they're pretty as much as I would like to risk it that like if somehow I delayed, it's pretty much if you miss one day of class, you recycle the whole course again. It's kind of, and they're not afraid to do that. But uh, I, I'm not sure what would convince me to make that happen. But uh, uh, it, it's a good plug. I'm looking forward to, like, I'm having discussions because, uh, as you know, there's a lot of wrestlers around Fort Bragg about possible an Army-Navy football meetup. I'm not sure what this what the schedule and where the wrestling team will be there um, at the Army Navy football game, but that's what I I'm looking forward to that. But I, hey, if you're in the area, go to the five year reunion. <laughs> the five year reunion is also kind of just a little bit weird since we're all still in the like most of us are still in the Army. <laughs> type yeah. of deal. So it's like 
the 10 years kind of when you're far farther away. Uh, I, I think that's, I'm still a little bit, uh, I, I actually, I went back to West Point to see my brother for Thanksgiving, but I don't have a crazy innate desire <laughs> to go back there immediately. Yeah, so I, I, I asked that too, because so that, that reunion weekend is also the 2001, 2006 and 2000, um, 11 reunions for the, five, for the 20, 15 and 10 year reunion. So we're going to, I'm trying to get a little reception, uh, going for all the alumni to, to oh, that's so if you're up in the West point area, that September 11th weekend, um, shoot me a, shoot me a DM, shoot us a message. Uh, we'll get you tied in. Uh, I didn't even too. think about, I mean, that's how my brain works. I didn't think about there's also a 10, 15 and 20. All right. That's like a, you know, that's a horse of a different color. All right. I, I'll, I'll think about it now. What, are we going to go to the Zulu lounge or are we going to, where are we going? Uh, we're just, it's just going to be a little reception right after on uh, on Saturday morning after the review. So there's not, there's not a lot of like good times during the, during the reunion weekends, you know, cause there's every class is doing their own little thing. Um, but there is a good little gap between like the review on Saturday morning before the start of the game at 1130. So just like a little reception outside the wrestling room is what we're what we're probably thinking. Um, okay. All right. I'll, well, try to, I'll try to rally up the class of 2016. Yeah. So I got to so I got to ask one question. Okay. Um, Tyler McLeese, he's going to call me uh, Big Tech again if I don't I don't I don't ask this. Um, right. Who would right. win in a wrestling match between you 2016 versus your brother 2020? Who would win? Yeah. Ah, so at the NCAA tournament, at the NCAA tournament, Ben was a, Ben was a gamer at the NCAA tournament. Like, uh, he, so like the one thing about me and like my career, like ended and then Ben is like first time making to the NCAA tournament, like made it to the round of 12, just like that. Like he, and then he, he pulled up a lot of upsets. So, um, ah, I don't Mm, I'm trying to think. I think if I get him in, uh, I don't know. I, I think it would go down to the wire. I'm not sure. He's a, uh, I like, I don't want to give, admit that Ben might have the upper hand at the NCAA tournament. If this was during season, I like my chances, uh, like a lot more. But Ben was, uh, Ben beat the sixth seed and then he almost upset someone else. Like I was really excited because Ben didn't get the NCAA tournament his senior year. And so I thought he was definitely going to All-American then. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to cop out and not give an answer. I think it would just be <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let the fans decide type of deal. Uh, we, had, we had one other question come in. I won't say who, but it is an Army Wrestling alumni's daughter. And uh, she uh, asked uh, if you would still swipe right on her six years later. I won't name names. Um, I'm just throwing that out there so that I don't get censored. Uh, I don't get called out for, for censoring the questions. But uh, before, before I, I, we go, who do you want to hear on the show in the future? Uh, well, to answer yes, uh, first. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know who so, it is? Uh, what? You know who it is? Yeah, I know who it is. And oh. then, uh, yeah, I think that even because I think who uh, who's daughter it is will also listen to this podcast as well and so it's kind of that's pretty funny um <laughs> i'll you know you know what 
Yeah, I'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> for the respect of the program and to keep this, uh, you know, um, so who would I like to see on the show? I, I, I think they've been mentioned several times, but someone who I competed with my freshman year, uh, John Belanger or Austin Wilding, kind of talking about that Navy SEAL um, uh, aspect. Um, someone that people might not know, uh, Casey Smith. Um, he was, he's a civil affairs and he uh, did his Mormon mission while at West Point. And then he also uh, studied abroad. And so I think that would be just an interesting uh, perspective of like how he did that during the program. Um, I made sure to see if like they've ever, I don't know if they've been, they popped up on Ward's uh, weekly updates or something like that, but how has the Colonel Cook or like Colonel Messett not, or I guess retired, retired uh, uh, Colonel Cook, uh, the tanker not been on yet or Messett. He, he uh, won't come. He refuses. He won't text me back if I ask him about it. Really? Yeah. He's, I, I haven't got to the bottom of it. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he does not want to be on here. Not in a disrespectful way. I think he doesn't want to be in the limelight is like kind of, oh, the, uh, yeah. and, um, we're, we, we don't want to ask him is just to have a sound bite of him yelling B-hop because like, and just like that somehow enters the episode or if like you have like a pow and it's just B-hop and that starts the like video cam or something like that. And with his voice, because I remember, because he would always go like be hard, kind of, and be hot mix during my matches, and uh, and I even if I was like he was across the gym, I remember him saying that. Yeah. So uh, I, I I and I, I think everybody knows like he gets pretty uh, pretty riled up during army wrestling matches and army football games. So I think there has to be at least a soundbite. I think B Rose getting his room service or something. <laughs> would, you, would you order room service? You gotta, no, you gotta the, I ordered DoorDash uh, before the episode, and <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're like calling me, like you know, I'm like I answered, hung up, and like shut up, <laughs> not inside. <laughs> um, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I know uh, third one, but I guess my brother to hear, like maybe he'll answer that question on uh it, maybe tyler mccleese will stoke the fire and put that in on the his podcast in the future yeah maybe uh we can get you guys back at west point you know before a football game have a wrestling match you know really you know really maybe next football season we can introduce it you know get, that way he's fully recovered from ranger school yeah yeah he's yeah definitely definitely i think uh it would be something i don't know if you saw ward's uh fake match with alton but i maybe i would try to get uh, get that something like that going where uh, the ref was in my favor. I actually rewatched it this weekend. I, I put it on Instagram. Uh, uh, you're probably what I saw it off of. Cause I, I, I it was, it. That was so entertaining. Like, I don't know if it got, I think it was like, it was put out before like flow really got all the views and like knew what they were doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, very underrated, underrated film there. I guess that's a plug. If you haven't seen that video, Go on uh, uh, B Rose page. Yeah, well, I'll put the link. I'll put the link in our bio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but hey, uh, you know, we this is a long one, but I appreciate you going into detail, you know, about all this and really opening up. This was a lot of fun. I feel like a lot yeah. about you. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I'm glad uh, I, I I enjoyed this podcast. I enjoy listening to it on my uh, 
driving to work. And uh, it's, it's always nice uh, to hear about where other guys are. And so like, you, I like sneaky know where people are, like before I talk to him on the phone of like, oh, like with Logan Everett, like, oh, how's Virginia going? How's his pace? And it's kind of like, how'd you know that? Like type of deal. So, <laughs> and I was like, I listen to the podcast. Well, Brian, good luck with uh, the rest of your course. Man, I know it's, that's, uh, that's not easy uh, for sure to that language, but uh, I'm sure you're, you'll crush it as per normal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, good well, luck with that. Yeah, I mean, West Point has prepared me to endure suffering, so I, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I enjoy the grind. Good deal. Nice talk. Right, good luck. Appreciate you having on. I'll see you guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the B-Hall Radio Show. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. If there's something you'd like to hear on a future show, reach out to us on any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can reach us at email, bhaw.radio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and as always, go Army, be Navy.